One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 218. I am so thrilled to share this episode with you today because the topic is a first for Making Good. As a small business owner, one of the things that I've had the most fun with is when I get to work with other small business owners. This is something I've done through my stationery business, Good Sheila, my retail shop, Station 7, and even this podcast. It turns out that working with other small businesses can be a form of marketing, something called partnership marketing. Partnership marketing is when two businesses create a campaign or promotion that benefits both parties in some way. It can take all kinds of forms, everything from a giveaway to a joint product or offer and everything in between. Well, I was so excited to have today's guest on the show because she is a partnership marketing expert. Erica Rodriguez works with mission-driven companies, social impact organizations, and ecopreneurs to create impactful content strategies and partnerships. Through her small business, Naughty Marketing, Erica helps grow conscious businesses through intentional marketing and the power of partnerships so that their visions for positive change continue to be sustainable. Aside from her areas of focus being so up my alley, I loved Erica's straightforward and actionable tips for anyone new to partnership marketing. She was so full of creative ideas and examples, and I'm grateful for how generous she was with her knowledge. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. In this episode, we discussed what partnership marketing is and why it's something small business owners should consider, easy ways to dip your toes into partnership marketing, how to pick the right partners, beginner-friendly partnership formats, examples of creative partnerships that really paid off, and more. I am so excited to share my interview with Erica. Here it is. Hey, Erica, welcome to Making Good. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you. This is a topic that we haven't done. I don't think at all on the like, you know, maybe mentioned it here and there, but um, this is yeah. And that's, you know, a couple hundred episodes in. It's not very often that happens. So today we are mostly talking about partnerships and collaborations, which is one of Erica's areas of expertise. I have so many questions for you. I am selfishly going to be taking lots of notes. But before we get into the the good stuff with with respect to the content of this episode, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about what you do in your business and a little bit about how you got there. Yes, of course. Um, So my business is called Nandi Marketing. And I work with small to medium size, what I call conscious businesses and sustainable brands. And the, the show is called with partnership marketing and collaboration. So anything around relationships within your business, I help my clients foster them and manage them. And I've been on my own for about three and a half years now. 
Um, and I started at the beginning of COVID when we were all shut down and isolated in our rooms. I started my business then. Okay. So let's just really start from scratch here for anyone who hears people throw around words like partnership, partnership marketing, collaborations, things like that, and who that just doesn't really mean anything real to them. How would you define partnership marketing if we were just to start absolutely from point zero? Yeah, let's start with my, uh, let's start with the definition. So yeah, what I call partnership marketing is when two or more parties strategically collaborate to achieve a mutually beneficial goal. And each partner brings their own strength to the partnership to open up new opportunities for their business. And when I say party, this can be a business, it can be an organization, it can be a nonprofit or an individual. So what would be some examples of like what kind of partnerships, especially small businesses who I know are most of our listeners, like what kind of what might a partnership look like practically? Because I know we've all seen them out in the wild, but what are what would these look like as some examples? Yeah, and I'm sure we've all seen Barbie, too, last year that brought in, you know, over I think it was like a wild number, like a hundred different collaborations, brand collaborations and promotions and stuff. So you can relate to that as, you know, how many things they brought in um, to promote Barbie the movie. But for a small business, you know, you could collaborate just with like your neighbors. You can collaborate within putting products together and creating packages together and selling it that way. You can leverage your guys' own social media platforms and go on Instagram live together. Um, it can be promoted in a number of different ways uh, through a, a campaign, an event. Um, it's kind of... Once I explain the concept, it's kind of up to you on how you want to collaborate with other people. But that's like where all the magic happens of stirring up all these ideas. Mm-hmm. And does a partnership necessarily imply that like money is not exchanged between the two parties? Or... Yeah, of course. So it's kind of, it could be either or different types of partnerships that don't even have to include monetary. It could be as simple as, and I know you, you have a lot of product based businesses that listen to the show. So, you know, even doing a simple giveaway, you know, from the basics. Um, mm-hmm. maybe you guys are promoting it on social media. So you guys are each donating a product to put into this giveaway. But then you guys are both using each other's audiences, your your customer base to promote it. And so with that, maybe you're doing social media or maybe you're doing it as email subscribers and you're trying to get, you know, email subscribers. Then you're promoting it each to your social media, each to, let's say, maybe it's included in your website as a pop up. You guys are each using your guys' strengths and marketing channels to promote that one goal, which would be, you know, that giveaway. So I think we've touched on this a little bit, but when it comes to thinking about, you know, all the things that we could be doing with marketing, there's obviously for most small businesses, more possible things to do than time and effort and resources. So what would be one of the benefits or some of the benefits you would give for why should potentially partnership marketing be something to consider investing that limited time and energy into? Yeah. So there's, there's so many benefits. I can never name just one, (laughs) but, um, it definitely serves as a separate marketing channel from your already existing email marketing, SEO, uh, website, social media, paid ads, earned media. It serves as a long form content that can go across all your marketing channels. So some benefits could include 
I would say, new and innovative ideas and strategies. So rather than simply just being on your own, you have more people to bounce ideas off of. You have more strengths, you know, like that superpower that you have. You have more of those to create something really special and human power, you know, that you guys can get together to really amplify your impact. Uh, visibility is a huge benefit of partnership marketing. You are expanding your reach. You're tapping into new markets because you're leveraging each other's already existing customer bases, like I mentioned within that giveaway, um, which obviously can lead to an increase in leads, sales, and revenue. Um, you're sharing the responsibility in that partnership, so which it splits up all your expenses, your resources, the time um, that you're you're doing maybe to even like create content creation. You guys are all splitting those uh, depending on the terms, of course, which we'll probably talk about that later. And then I would say another benefit could be building credibility and authority. Obviously, when you're sharing each other's customers, you're being introduced or even recommended to a whole new group of potential customers by their trusted source. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of benefits. Lots of benefits. Lots of benefits. Yep. <laughs> and definitely when I think about partnership marketing, the one that really stands out to me is visibility. I think you definitely emphasize that, but it's, you know, when we're thinking about marketing, we have a few jobs. One of them is to get in front of new people then we want to like build the relationships with those people. And then we want to convert that to a sale. That's like a way to super simplify what marketing is or what we need to do in marketing. And so for me, when I think about partnerships, not that I'm an expert, but I think about them in that first category of like, this is a really good way to get in front of people who would not have otherwise come across you so that you can kind of get them into your world and hopefully build a relationship and move them throughout the process with you. You talked a lot about like, picking the right partner whose skill set or whose, you know, zone of genius or magic, particular magic is a good complement for yours. I think when I think about partnerships, and I would imagine when a lot of my listeners think about them, there might be some fear around like, how do you actually know who to partner with? Like there's so many people like cold DMing many of us. Um, there's people reaching out or we might want to reach out to people, but not know if they'd say yes. So like, how do you really think about who is the right person, business, account, nonprofit, organization, whatever it is, like who is the right fit for you? How do you, how do you think about that? Yeah. And I keep seeing that. Um, I think more and more often, you know, with people just simply saying like want to collab or the different bots that I see on Instagram now sent in the direct yeah. messages, I would say stay clear from those. But um, what I always look for in picking the right partners to collaborate with, I think the most important thing is to start with shared goals and similar target audiences. Um, and so mm -hmm. when you, you want to look for potential partners who serve a similar audience or customer base, as you, um, so that you're working together to provide value to both sides, leveraging each other's, like I said, superpower. And also one mistake I often see is that people think of partners need to be in the same industry. And that can certainly, I think, can pigeonhole you. Cross-industry collaborations have been some of the most innovative and successful partnerships. And so even like, for example, Let's say I have a, a jewelry brand that, you know, they may be focused on sustainable materials and processes for, I would say, an eco-conscious customer. A potential partner that is cross-industry could be 
an organic self-care beauty box subscription focused mm-hmm. on focus on maybe like cruelty-free products. And because they're different industries, both prioritize caring for the planet, which is the actual shared goal of theirs, obviously sales, of course, <laughs> um, but then appealing to the same customer, um, which is those conscious customers. And so I think if you just have the same shared goal and the same similar target audiences, then you're in the right path to find a potential partner. That's such a clear way to think about it. Like you need these two things, like we want the same thing and we have the same type of people who we want to sell to because, and I think it's a really good suggestion to look at people outside of your particular industry. Um, That was a great example with the jewelry and the self-care. If you're a service provider, like, partnering with someone else who also sells a service or it could be even a product to the person that you are serving. I think this is where it comes down to like really getting to know your ideal customer is probably going to be one of the best tools you have in terms of thinking about who your good potential partners might be because the better you know your ideal customer, the better you know their habits, like what they need, who they buy from whether in your industry or outside of your industry. So I think that's such good advice for folks who are, you know, totally new to the game when it comes to partnerships, they've never engaged in one before. They've never even really thought about it, but they're listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, that sounds like an exciting way to obviously build relationships and also hopefully grow my audience and business in some small way or some big way, maybe Um, what would be a good way to dip your toes in? Like, where would you suggest that folks start? Yeah. So I would say start with your, what I call hot partnership leads. So similar to sales, but I always think of like that partnership journey, um, which is when I say hot partnership leads, I say like a business organization, nonprofit or individual, uh, with whom you have already created a, a relationship. So let's say if you have a storefront, this can be your neighboring businesses or organizations nearby. Maybe this is someone that has mentioned that they want you They want to feature you on a podcast or collaborate with you on a campaign, but you may have been too busy for this. So I would definitely recommend hitting those potential hot leads first. And then from there, what I call is my warm partnership leads. It's basically anyone that is in your audience. Maybe they're subscribed to your newsletter or email list and they, you know, you send that newsletter out and they email you saying like great work or they buy from you social media messages on Instagram. Basically, they're just interacting with you, right? Because they want to engage with your brand. So I would recommend and seeing if there are any partnerships, maybe look to see if they have an audience. Are they an influencer? Maybe it's a, a business as well that you could partner with. So again, anyone that's interacting with you or engaging with you, I call those the warm partnership leads. And then after would be your cold partnership leads, which is anyone that you're pitching to. Maybe they complement your product or service. Maybe they're in the same industry or another industry, um, but they have that similar, again, similar audience than you. So I would recommend also, if you're just dipping your toes into partnership marketing, um, one thing is partnering on your preferred platform or type of partnership. If you are not comfortable with video, let's say, then I wouldn't recommend um, starting with an Instagram live or a virtual workshop. Maybe start with guest podcasting. That's all audio and you're comfortable with that. Or maybe you're joining forces with someone and you're working with a content creator and they are the ones that are going to be producing those, those videos. So definitely recommend 
being on your comfort level when you're just starting out. Okay. So good. I especially love the advice to start with your warm people who you already know, you already have relationships with. I think, especially for anyone who feels a little bit intimidated by, you know, they typically work alone and have always done so. And now they're going to be, you know, venturing out to do something together with another business or another person. I think starting a little bit closer to your comfort zone with someone who you know and have a relationship with and trust already is such a great way to kind of get your toes wet and start start getting some experience. And I didn't say this. Sorry, I didn't say this before, no. which yeah. I'm now just thinking about it is obviously use your network too. So maybe if you are looking for, again, with the jewelry, um, maybe you're looking for like a, a flower shop instead of just doing the cold pitching, maybe all, you know, asking your network for any florists that they know and getting recommendations. If you want to start with a partnership and you don't have any hot partnership leads yet, then I would also utilize your network, which is again, all around partnerships and your community. Yeah. Love. One thing that I would imagine that you have some opinions about is like, I guess just setting very clear expectations for what everyone's doing and everyone's responsible for. How do you suggest that folks do this? Should we always have a written contract? How do you guide people through kind of making it official, I guess? Yeah. So I love written contracts and I definitely do that for my clients and putting in like, you know, exactly what you said, what each party is responsible for, just so we are all keeping each other accountable um, but, you know, just a simple, you know, sheet that kind of explains, um, again, the responsibilities and accountability or setting the goals and setting the expectations at the very beginning. If you don't want to do the written contract, um, of course, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say that to, to, to do that for sure. But like, I would just think like, just think of setting yourself up for success as well as your partner. Always keep your partner in mind too. Um, so I like to do all of the work beforehand, you know, making sure that they know if this is a maybe a, a longer partnership that's going to be expanding over a quarter. You know, I want to meet every two weeks and setting that expect expectation and letting them know and also maybe even putting it on their calendar so they know that we're going to meet here. Here's the Zoom link. We're ready to go. Having the agenda already beforehand and explaining, you know, what each again, what each party is responsible for just to keep everyone accountable, I would say. Do you have any other tips for like setting ourselves up for as much success as possible with a partnership? Oh yeah. I have tons of tips. <laughs> 100%. I, so I guess it depends on the partnership uh, because there's so many different types of partnership, uh, different tips and everything. Uh, but I think the overall tips I would recommend um, just think about, you know, like with a normal business, you have your customer, your client, and think about their journey, you know, the, the customer journey that is known. I would say think about your partner and think about their partnership journey. Like, how are they opting in to be your partner? Are you pitching to them? Are they landing on your website? Then making sure it's very clear, like, what is that partnership opportunity on your website? And making sure that, you know, they can just click a button, fill out a form, ready to go. Let's say for you, obviously, this podcast, if you're looking for guests, making sure when they land on that landing page, it's ready to go for them. They're, then once they're in your AK funnel, then making sure that you are explaining every step of the journey in a clear fashion. 
Are they expecting meetings from you? Are they expecting to get that contract from you throughout the journey? Then are you checking in with them? Are you reviewing your goals? So just basically like a customer, just make sure you're treating your partner as that as well and putting as much effort into that partnership, that relationship, because in the end, it's a win-win for you guys. I think that's such a good advice to like really treat them almost like a customer, like with the same level of respect and clear communications and expectation setting, like really, yeah, respect, I think is, I guess the word, but I, cause I can think of times when I've worked with folks who like, it hasn't been an awesome experience because either they didn't do what I thought they were going to do, or they got busy and something came up and, you know, things changed or whatever, or that we just like didn't communicate throughout. And like that definitely, you know, I remember that and I'm like, okay, that probably wouldn't be the first person I reach out to next time. I'm going to do something like this. So I think exactly. it is so important. Yep. You always want to be the person that if, if your potential partner has an opportunity, they're calling you first because they know that you're a great partner. You're going to promote them. You're going to promote them to their community. So you're the first call. That's basically what you want to have in successful partnerships. Um, mm-hmm. As well as I always, I always think of it as like the customer, like I said. So like in my corporate job, we used to do surprise and delights for our customers. And I love to do that for my partners. So thinking of, you know, instead of like a, like a client anniversary, think of your partnership anniversary. Like when do you guys actually become partners and Aww. celebrate, celebrate those milestones together. Um, I was just at uh, the news station right here. We were celebrating our first, uh, what I say, first 2024 20, broadcast together. And so I brought them, you know, a bottle of wine to celebrate. And they were like, you brought it for us. And I said, of course, you know, we're starting off the year right. So it's just mm-hmm. bringing those special mm-hmm. moments to our partners as well. I love that. So I know that you work with a lot of different types of businesses on different kinds of partnerships. And we've already mentioned a few different types of partnerships. You know, we mentioned like all the Barbie collabs and um, giveaways, for example. But for the more beginner partner, partnership marketer who's listening to this podcast, what might be some good formats to think about collaborating on as like a good place to start? Yeah. So I would suggest beginning with a small scale collaborations that are not program based. So you may be thinking like an ambassador program or influencer program. I would say just start working with one campaign or one event or one partner until you feel comfortable adding more partners into that mix. Um, so for product based businesses, I think events can be a great beginner friendly partnership format in which you and another partner can share the resources, the responsibilities. You guys could be co-promoting the event together and then obviously sharing the benefits of that event. Um, so a few ideas of events could be co-hosting um, an in-store or virtual trunk show. So you guys are partnering and possibly selling different items, but you guys are displaying your merchandise together or you're going on Instagram Live and then sharing each other's products. And then at retail locations, you can go there and, you know, share a table. Um, or if it costs something, then you can obviously share that cost as well. You can create a pop-up shop. So join forces with another partner, possibly at a fair. Like I, like I said, maybe sharing a table of that cost of what that is. 
conducting a workshop. So I keep seeing a lot of people doing workshops. I don't know if it's because it's the beginning of the year, but I think joining forces on an instructional class can allow you to cross promote expertise to new audiences. So mm-hmm. an example of that, maybe a florist can teach like flower arranging. You know, it's Valentine's Day coming up. So that could be an idea. But then they're partnering up with like a mixologist who can create cocktails or mocktails for that event. Or maybe you're partnering with a restaurant so you can do some food with that event. Um, you can offer a class series together. So that could be in person or a virtual workshop. You could be doing a, a gift set together. So you're collaborating with another person and you're bundling your products together for a certain theme gift or maybe a campaign. One could be like a charity drive. So if you're partnering with a nonprofit, then you are, I just had this couple months ago, but basically asking the nonprofit what they need, because obviously you want to make sure it's beneficial for that nonprofit. And then using maybe your retail location or maybe a partner that you know uh, to book boxes out and promote for that charity drive. Um, and then lastly, working with influencers, maybe you're sending them free product to a micro influencer that aligns with your brand. Or again, you know, you guys have shared similar audiences um, and you can do that in exchange for a product review or maybe some content creation. But yeah, different ways to partner with collaborators. Oh my gosh. Amazing. That was such a goldmine of ideas. I hope that Folks who are taking notes, if you weren't, you can rewind and take notes. That was amazing. You also earlier in the conversation had mentioned some maybe like more strictly marketing collaboration formats, like a joint Instagram live or an email swap. Like, do you have any favorites of just purely exposure, maybe like very low effort ways to partner with someone else who has a similar audience with you? Yeah, I think um, any social media right now, they have the live capability. So you can instantly go live and talk to your audiences or their audiences in real time, which is amazing. The tip for that is always promote beforehand because then they're not going to know that you're going to go live. So make sure both Mm -hmm. of you guys are co-promoting at the same time or not the same time, but co-promoting the event together. And so then you guys can have the maximum viewership there as well as obviously what what you're going to do after the live too or any other promotion that you guys are doing what are you doing after that um which you could you know repurpose that content as well so just making sure you're taking advantage beforehand during and after love it okay so I just am wondering if in your experience or in your observation, if you have any favorite examples of partnerships you've seen or partnerships your clients have done that just, you know, they were good examples of that creative, just out of box thinking that you just kind of get together and say, like, what could we do together? And something amazing comes out of it. Do you have any favorite examples? Yeah. So I think for me, it's anything, again, that promotes sustainability and community and especially I would say in San Diego too, for me, but like, of course I work with everyone um, around <laughs> the world, but when it comes to like my local community, I just love that. So I always mention uh, one of my past clients, which is the Mighty Bin and they are San Diego's first zero waste grocery store. But um, last year during Valentine's day, and I loved it. I remember we partnered with a local farm and because obviously Valentine's day is 
kind of overproduction. There's lots of waste coming out of that holiday. Uh, we partnered with a local farm and created seasonal flower arrangements. So we took pre-orders and used the grocery store as a pickup location. So based off her customers, I was just trying to provide a convenient way to do good. Obviously, they're ordering flowers for their loved ones, celebrating the holiday, which is all good. But they're also just being responsible and choosing to purchase these local flowers. Um, and it was a great partnership. The farmers loved it because they didn't have any kind of pop-up locations at the time and weren't thinking about it. So we pitched it to them. Um, and then ABC 10 News picked it up because they liked the story and they thought that being sustainable during Valentine's Day was a really good and relevant, timely piece. And so we were on the news and actually, which is really good about partnerships is setting the expectation beforehand, like that if we can't, my client actually couldn't make the news station interview that date and time, but we used her store and I was, and I was able to get the partner to, to be on the news for her and to promote you know, the grocery store and what they're doing. It was great that, you know, if my partner couldn't make it, she could, our partner could step in and promote this partnership, mm -hmm. which is really great. And I, I loved working with them and again, would easily work with them again because they were great partners. Amazing. I love that example. I think one question I want to leave with on the, on the partnership side of things is around what might stop people from getting started with this? Like, what are some of the things that folks who want to start doing partnerships, like what holds them back? Yeah, I think one of the things I've often, there's two things actually uh, that I've seen from my clients and people that have just like followed me. One is they want to partner with someone or some company that's bigger than them, let's say, and they don't think that they have something to give. And so I always think that every business, every human is unique. And so that's worth partnering. Um, they could have different experiences. They have different processes. They have different offerings. So everyone is unique that they could partner with a Patagonia. They could partner with, you know, a big brand like that. Um, I would say don't discourage just because you are maybe a new business or a um, small business. Your partnership dreams can come true on that one. <laughs> and then two, I think is basically the first step in reaching out to a potential partner is always a barrier to entry. And so I think it's a shameless plug that I created. <laughs> I kept seeing this over and over again. Um, so I created email outreach templates that you could download and get. But I just thought that was like the, the barrier to entry for anyone that I talked to was like, I don't know how to reach out to them. And so I just created this Love series it. of emails and hopefully, you know, they don't have to start from scratch. They could copy paste, you know, obviously put in their superpower, put their offerings, put their ideas of what partnership they want to accomplish with that potential partner. But hopefully this email outreach template just gives them that, that step for them to keep going. Okay. Love it. Where can folks download that? Yeah. So I have that uh, on my website. If you go to nandimarketing.com um, or if you follow me on Instagram, just go link in bio and you can find it. But yeah. Yay. Okay. And we'll make sure it's linked in the show notes of this episode. Perfect. This has been so much fun. Thank you for the great, thorough, like very beginner-friendly introduction to partnerships. I think like my 
I have a bunch of takeaways, but probably the key one for me is like, just find someone who has a similar audience to you and like get creative and think about like, what could you do together that would be useful to your audience and useful to you and a win, win, win all around. So thank you for all of the perspective here. I think this is so useful. I want to ask you a few of the questions that I ask all of the guests on the podcast. The first one is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Yeah, so I'm a service-based business and I just try to think of um, every aspect of my business, especially within sustainability, which that's what I'm trying to go for, that every business has a can have an impact. Um, so I look into, you know, just like my keyboard the other day, um, instead of buying a brand new one, I tried to go into the e-way store to see if they had some. I tried to compost here at home, just small little actions of what my small business is. But then also I am a member of 1% from the planet. So I have taken the step to make a, a commitment that I donate 1% of my sales to environmental charities. And that's how I think I do good as a small business. And I, I'm I'm also learning too. So it's always a work in progress as well that I can always change something or, you know, look into my vendors and just making sure that they are also representing me and representing sustainability. So I also have changed my bank. I've also, you know, chosen my lawyer, my CPA. They're all 1% for the planet members. So I'm also supporting my community through my business. So good. So good. Okay. What is one small business that you admire? So I had to keep it San Diego local. And I wanted to <laughs> say, I wanted to give a shout out to the plot restaurant. Um, it's woman owned. It's uh, one of my nonprofit partners is Surfrider, and they have a program called the ocean friendly restaurant program. And the plot is an ocean friendly restaurant. So they are of course taking sustainability practice. Um, they're making plant food, just what they say they want to make plant-based foods ir- irresistible. So I just love their concept of um, just doing good in the world. And they're actually San Diego's first zero waste restaurant. Love. Okay. I am a, um, I am exclusively plant-based as of about this time last year. So oh, okay. that is definitely going on my vegan tourism list. Love it. Yes, you definitely should. Yep. Thank you. What would be a book you would recommend? Oh, uh, I have so many books that I would want to recommend. Um, I'm sure someone's already said Atomic Habits by James Clear. So I'll give you another one, which is Superfans by Pat Flynn. And it's basically like thinking of instead of just thinking about your customers, your subscribers or followers, kind of those like vanity kind of terms. Think of your customers or like I say, your partners, think of them as your super fans. And he kind of explains that whole concept within his book. Awesome. Great recommendations. We'll link to both of them. Um, Atomic Habits has been recommended, but it's so good. It is good. And it's very good for the beginning of the year, too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Erica, let everyone know where they can find you, connect with you online, download that resource again. Just anyone who wants to learn more about you and your work and how how to get more into your world, how could they do that? Yeah, you can just look up Nandi, N-A-D-I marketing or go to nandimarketing.com and you'll find me. Yay. Okay, Erica, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I'm really excited to share this episode. Awesome. Thank you. So were you taking notes? 
Of all of the amazing nuggets that Erica shared, I loved her point about how nurturing relationships with your partners is just as important as nurturing relationships with your customers or your clients. So good. You can learn more about Erica and find links to all the recommendations in this episode, as well as the free resources she mentioned at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 218. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are a couple of ways that you can give back to making good. First, let's connect on Instagram take a screenshot of your podcast player and tag me at Lauren Tilden. I would love to hang out with you. Second, I'd be so honored if you leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. And finally, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 218. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference for your small business. Talk to you next time. Bye.